Hi, this is 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication. I'm Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel. In the last several years, health literacy has become the patient safety and quality issue that everyone is supposed to be paying attention to. The WHO is working on it, along with multiple federal agencies and professional organizations. Health communication researchers have been on it for decades now, way before it was cool. It has its own journal, the Journal of Health Literacy Research and Practice. Please check it out. As a literacy researcher and educator, I think this is great. Yet, even as the term is popular, health literacy as a term remains contested. Like with many other popular topics, there are different schools of thought out there about health literacy. People tend to get fired up about one or another facet of health literacy. Conversations about health literacy policy and research can be politically charged. That's all fine, but we want to be careful that we don't start to think of health literacy as something negative or burdensome. In other words, in this episode, I'll invite you for a moment to not worry about health literacy, but to see it as something you can work with. Not only because worry is a waste of your time, but because health literacy is something you can impact. Welcome to 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication with Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel. Providing you with tips and strategies you can use to improve your patient engagement. I'm excited to announce a new audiobook bundle addressing implicit bias. It's almost 90 minutes of audio plus an ebook with clickable links to research references, plus a PowerPoint show, plus a document of references and additional resources. I made it for you, so you know it's grounded in my commitment to equity and reducing health disparities. And it's inexpensive. Available right now for immediate download on healthcommunicationpartners.com. I continue to ask health professionals what they think health literacy means, and I get a wide variety of answers. Though many people rely on the World Health Organization definition, there are dozens out there. Leaders in the health literacy field have pointed out that none of the existing definitions has adequately captured the complexity of health literacy. Though they've asked, repeatedly, for a redefinition, as far as I know, one has yet to materialize. So based on my background and experience in health literacy, and literacy more generally, here are four things to keep in mind so you can feel more confident, or perhaps see yourself as more competent when it comes to doing something about health literacy. Number one, you know more about health literacy than you might think. We all use language every day. Think of language as something in our human toolkit. There is nothing magical about health literacy in and of itself. Health communication is a special subset of everyday communication. What trips us up in everyday communication can also trip us up when it comes to health literacy. But many of the same strategies and approaches that work well for you in everyday language can be helpful in health literacy. For instance, let's say you're sending a text message. You know that you increase the chances of your message being understood when you take your audience into account 
you make some choices in terms of what you include in that message and how you phrase it based on what you know about the receiver. This is good news when it comes to health literacy. Even small changes can bring your message in line with what matters to your patients and their families. They're your audience. And rather than worrying about some patients' low scores on a literacy assessment, focus on the ways they are successful users of oral, written, and multimodal language. Number two, health literacy happens nearly everywhere, every day, with everyone. Let me explain. Uh, No, it's too much. Let me sum up. As I mentioned earlier, there are many different definitions of health literacy. Most of them agree in the main. Most of them focus on an individual's skills or capacities. And the differences in these definitions tend to be fine-grained. However, there are a few definitions that over the years have looked to expand the skills and capacities focus. They do this primarily by seeing health and literacy as, quote, sets of interrelated cultural practices, end quote, or activities that we all engage with. And from that, I'm pulling from the 1997 article that kind of kicked this off. This more social view of health literacy seeks to complement the skills view of health literacy. Since we're all doing skills in certain social situations. This is helpful because it situates health literacy in everyday life. Sure, the clinical environment gets most of the research attention, but that's not the only place health literacy happens. Since most of people's lives are lived outside the clinical environment, far more health literacy goes on outside the health setting than inside. Examples of health literacy in action are all around us. For example, here's some health literacy situations I've been involved in over the years. An ER pediatrician deciding how to articulate bad news to parents so they can make some care decisions. An adult child searching online for alternative therapies for his dad's prostate cancer. A medical educator socializing her students into the academic language of medicine. A woman jogging on a treadmill in a gym watching TV ads for pharmaceuticals. Or a patient advocate negotiating a bill on behalf of a clinic patient. Health literacy happens all over the place, more frequently than it might seem, and it involves all of us. Number three, health literacy is an interaction. When we talk, listen, read, watch, or write something, we are interacting with other people and with our environment. When we read, for instance, we're always reading something for some reason, written by someone, and we are somewhere when we're reading it. We consider these contextual factors sometimes unconsciously as we read and make sense of what we're reading. Health literacy is no different. Every day, people encounter and interpret information related to their health and healthcare. Consider those examples I just mentioned of health literacy in action. Each of those are complex interactions between people, messages, and settings. 
We don't communicate in a vacuum. Where we are, when, why, who we're with, what we have, all of this makes a difference to the way we use language. You know how it makes a difference how you talk when you consider who you're with and where you're at. That's easy to see. So it's a short leap to imagine how it also makes a difference to how we listen and read and understand. You knew this already. I'm just reminding you of it so it's not far from your mind the next time you think about health literacy. And number four, health literacy is not a proxy for education or intelligence or social class or motivation or overall health or compliance, sorry, adherence. You know, for instance, that being highly educated does not mean having all the information one needs to deal with a health situation, or knowing the difference between similar-sounding medical terms, or being savvy with insurance, or easily navigating a health system. And yet, all of this is part of health literacy. Even people who are labeled as illiterate by one measure or another have multiple sophisticated ways of reading a text or image, keeping track of items, measuring and weighing, estimating and calculating. So your patient may have scored badly on an assessment, but that doesn't mean they don't do any reading or writing in their everyday lives. Remember this when you face your patient, and you'll both benefit. You're working hard at communication, and you know health literacy is important. That's why you're here. You want something that helps, because you give a darn about your patients. And you know that communication is central to your ability to do your job well. So these reminders are to help you focus on the parts of health literacy you can actually do something about. The conversations you have with patients and any written or digital communication. In short, any way words and images are used before, during, and after the patient encounter. Because All of this is health literacy, and health literacy involves all of us. This has been 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication. I'm Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel. Thanks for listening to 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication from Health Communication Partners, LLC. Find us at healthcommunicationpartners.com.